was like I was taught I sent in a voicemail Sunday night and I was talking and I had lost my voice for the Ohio State game Saturday and so I sounded so dejected about the <laughs> loss and all the guys on the show are like oh, why does he sound so sad like the the Bengals hung in there with the Packers on Sunday like you guys should be thankful and I sounded so dejected you should go back and listen to it it was hilarious it's because they have no idea um, but yeah, all right. Welcome in new episode, Average Joe's. It is week hard to believe it's week six already in the National Football League. Uh, this week, the Bengals travel up to Detroit for a battle of the jungle against the Lions. But first, a couple of loose ends to tie up from Sunday's just absolutely bonkers game uh, that transpired in Cincinnati. Do you have any final thoughts? I, we both agreed we, we just kind of wanted to bury this, but going two days on now or three days, whatever it is, we're recording this on Wednesday. Kind of feels like there's more positives to keep taking out of this. Um, just kind of what are your sort of takeaways overall from, from what you saw on Sunday? So even though we hung with the Packers for four quarters and over time, a game where I get it, the Packers missed three of their own game-winning kicks, but when you have a chance to, to have two game-winning kicks of your own and you can't make one, it's really, it's really sad. Um, I haven't been that numb after a sporting event in you know quite a long time. I really, you know, I, I think it was just because of the back and forth. You know, even the Joe Burrow pick and OT, you think it's over, and then. You know, you get him to lose a couple of yards, Mason Crosby, out of all kickers, you know, probably a top six, seven kicker in the NFL misses three game winners potentially, or was it two? Right. Um, and, you know, man, it, very sad. But, I mean, look at the positives. I mean, hung with the Packers at home. Um, that line that we were talking about, uh, you know, that, that two and a half, three line that was wavering all week, we were kind of wondering, you know, is, is Vegas right about the Bengals? And I think, you know, I think they are right about the Bengals. I think we could, we can compete when Joe Burrow plays well and yeah, uh, sad. Jamar Chase is the real deal though. That's one big positive we can take from it. Yeah. Uh, let's hope Vegas, <clears throat> let's hope Vegas continues to be right about the Bengals this week because I have a very bad feeling about what's going to happen on Sunday, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, 
I think there is a lot of positives to take out of the game on Sunday. I am not, um, you know, I, I feel like we're past the point of moral victories with Zach Taylor. So for me, that's not a game I expected him to win. I, I expected them to lose on Sunday. But um, once the game started and Bengals scored first and the issues that have plagued the Bengals all season and have specifically been an issue in their two losses uh, were really bad on Sunday. And that is that Joe Burrow, he, he played okay, but he had two killer turnovers at just terrible times in the game. And they started out entirely too slow. Um, and not only has that been a theme in the two losses, that's been a theme in every game is that the Bengals are just starting out way too slow. And, and I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why. And because in the first four games, at least I can understand starting slow on Sunday because you've been off for a little bit. Joe Mixon's hurt. So you can't exactly lean on the run at the start of the game. The first four games, there should have been a much better start to the game when you have Joe Mixon, who you can just turn around and hand it off to. And the way he's been running, he's going to get four or five yards. So to my eye, those are the two issues we got to clean up. And the one issue I wanted to talk about specifically from the game on Sunday is, especially after watching Brandon Staley and how he handled Justin Herbert on Sunday. Does Zach Taylor's inconsistency with his aggressiveness, does that ham, how much does that hamstring the Bengals' ability to be a contender? Yeah, you know, I really think it does because I feel like if you're going to be conservative, then you need to be consistent with it. Or if you're going to be aggressive, you need to live and die by it. Like you said, on, on the game on Sunday, the, the Browns-Chargers game, both coaches were very, very aggressive. And I think that, you know, I think it all depends on who you're playing. So uh, Bengals are playing the Packers. They have Aaron Rodgers. You don't – and I don't care how bad Mason Crosby was kicking the ball. You don't want to give Aaron Rodgers a chance. And they gave – and they continued time and time again. The end of regulation was just an example of that. And then also, you know, that last – Evan McPherson missed was an example of that as well because it's fourth and inches and you choose to kick a 40 something yard field goal instead of putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands getting Joe Mixon in the game and trying to get those four or five inches and it's not like they couldn't run the ball all day I mean Samaj P Ryan averaged almost was it over 5.1 yards per carry they had 100 they had 100 yards rushing on Sunday so it's not like they were getting stuffed so and now <laughs> to uh, Zach Taylor's credit, Joe Burrow did get stopped on a, on, on a uh, QB sneak earlier in the game. That was a, but, that was a god awful call at that time in the game. Yeah. By the way. Oh, first absolutely. Drive, absolutely. Those first three play calls on that first drive were terrible play calls. Well, also to, to answer your question about the you know the slow starts, I think they're very very conservative in the, when the game first starts. I don't think that they they don't really open anything up. It's it's you the take same. The training wheels off. Yep, it's the same old run on first and second down, and then third down incompletion, something like that. Bad play call. It, 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 they, I think that, you know, Joe Burrow's good enough where you can take the training wheels off uh, at the start of the game and trust him to not make a bad play. You know, in the first five seven minutes of the game. Yeah. Now, 
another thing I wanted to bring up was that, especially with the way things went on Sunday across the NFL and Monday with, with the Ravens, the AFC, well, not the AFC, the sixth slash seventh wild card spot is right there for the Bengals to take right now. Because let's think about this. The East, AFC East and the AFC South, they're both getting one team in. I don't care what you tell me. They're both getting one team in. It's going to be the Bills and the Titans. Okay, move on. The Chargers are looking really good in the West, and the Chiefs are probably going to end up making it despite the struggles they're having right now. So there's there's, there's one spot left. Well, no, so there's – well, yeah, counting the AFC. Yeah, there's one wild card spot. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. The Raiders, they've got their whole host issues, and we're not a Raiders podcast. We're not going to talk about that. They have looked terrible the past two weeks. And then you have the Broncos, who it's the Broncos, okay? They, they haven't been good since Manning was there. This seventh wild card spot and the potential to play, let's just assume the Bills are going to get the one seed at this point, the potential to play – the Ravens, Browns, Chargers right now, or the Chiefs in that first game, that's a team, one, you will you will have already played in, in the regular season. And two, that is such a great opportunity. So the seventh wild card spot is right there for the taking. I'm not saying I'm, I think the Bengals are going to get it, but the way that they played on Sunday against a team that has been very good recently – Maybe we've started to take a step towards doing that. Now, I think the biggest indicator of whether or not the Bengals can get that spot is how they do these next three weeks. And we've talked about this at length, and I feel like beating a dead horse here. You got the Lions this week, which they're better than 0 and 5, but they're still 0 and 5, and they're 0 and 5 for a reason. Then you have the Ravens in Baltimore, which, let's face it, the Ravens haven't exactly been impressive in their victories and then you have the jets who are terrible you've got to win two of these games and you got to look good against the ravens and, and let's put that uh and let, let's just say that to to uh to that point i want to go back to green bay for a second joe burrow are you worried about the interceptions becoming a problem going forward? Because right now he's got, he's got six, he's got six interceptions. And if we're looking at them, the two against green Bay were really bad. And then two against the bears were really bad. Uh, Are you at all worried? He hasn't fumbled it. Are you worried about the interceptions? Yeah. So the first one, this past weekend was really bad. He just he 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 he, he chucked it up. Should have thrown it out of bounds. Um, now the second one, I'm not really sure what was wrong. I'm thinking that it was a it was one of those choice routes, and he thought Tyler Boyd was going to break side, but he didn't. But still, that I mean, we we both talked. That second one was bad, like really really bad. And I do think you know. I, I do think it can be a problem because the Bengals aren't good enough to afford two turnovers a week. Like, I mean, that, that just, it's just the way it is. And you don't turn the ball over against the Green Bay Packers. They have a great chance to win that game because they stole one early. I know if I, you would have told me Aaron Rodgers would have thrown a pick on Sunday, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, 
but they got one early. And then, you know, and I realized Mason Crosby, Crosby missed that kick after Joe's and OT, but that was a big play. So, it, it, you know, it just it makes me wonder if that's going to continue. And it should not this weekend, but, but you never know. I, I really don't know. But I think it will hinder them if he keeps throwing them. Yeah, these next three games are definitely get-right games if there ever was one for Joe Burrow because the way the Colts sliced up that Ravens defense on Monday night, the Bengals should do heinous things to them next week. Um, the Lions' defense is terrible. And the Jets, I mean, their defense is, is, is good, but Matt Ryan hung 27 on him. So if you're looking, these are without three. Calvin Ridley. Without Calvin Ridley. Without Calvin Ridley, and they didn't have uh, Russell Gage either. No. Um, and it's Matt Ryan. Um, Future Hall of Famer. Well, that's another topic. Uh, <laughs> these are three games that the offense should step into a new level. Because let's face it right now, the Bengals hired Zach Taylor because – and that 18 or 19 season was a total wash – they knew they were going to suck. The roster was awful. They hired Zach Taylor to get a young quarterback and develop him. Right now, we're not seeing that development. And it, we're not seeing that development because there is so much caution and conservativeness going into the play calling. The Bengals are at their best when they put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands and they say, do something with it. And whether or not that's a good strategy with a young quarterback, that, that's up to interpretation. But the Jacksonville game, uh, the Minnesota game, um, what's the other game that they won? Pittsburgh. You look at those three games, those three games were won by Joe Burrow making plays. And on fourth and one on Sunday in, in overtime, instead of putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands and saying, let's get a little closer to kick this game-winning field goal, no, we're going to line up kick a 49-yarder when the wind has clearly been doing something to the ball all day. I, for the life of me, I don't understand Zach Taylor's decision-making at, at those points in time. Um, that's not to say I disagree with it because I probably would have kicked that field goal there as well just based on the way the game was going and, and thinking there's no way McPherson misses another one after missing one. But you have this – amazing processor at quarterback and the fact that you're limiting his effectiveness by running all these dink and dunk plays for the life of me I don't understand yeah you know and 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 to kind of play devil's advocate here I do understand some of the conservativeness because of how shaky the o-line potentially can play I do understand that well well now I'm going to interrupt you for a second, and then I'm going to let you go. The left side of the offensive line has given up. Uh, it, it's either third or fourth in the league. Spain and Williams are giving up the yeah. fewest pressures of any left side of the O-line in the league. Yeah, yeah. The other day was was the first – Was oh, am I wrong? Uh, Jonah Williams gave up a sack on Sunday. But that was like the first – one of the first pressures he's given up all year. Jonah Williams has something around a 2% pressure rate at left tackle right now. Yeah, so, no, no, he's he's playing well. No, sorry, I get that. But what I'm saying is, absolutely, what I'm saying is, I'm not worried about the tackles. We've talked about this before, but the guards in Trey Hopkins have been bad, bad. Well, so I get really it. Really good. 
I understand what you're saying, but the middle of the O-line is the problem. It's Jackson Carmen had a just he looked like my he looked like me out there on Sunday. And then Trey Hopkins, he was bad. He was bad. I don't know what is going on with Trey Hopkins right now. He's got to figure this out because he's getting his ass whipped on every other snap. Yeah, he is. I, I, I just don't know if he's healthy yet. I really don't know. Cause it, it, because when he's healthy, he's played well. Uh, yeah, a torn ACL. I mean, he's been sitting out with a knee, so I got you, that's a good point. You got to wonder if he's still working his way back a little bit. Um, but looking ahead to the 2022 NFL draft, um, that guy from Iowa, that center, and, and I'm going to flip this conversation to the defense because – there's another position on the defense that might need to be addressed in the draft. Um, But that Lindebaum guy at center from Iowa has my attention. Well, yeah. Talking, talking about remember, and this, this has no relevance whatsoever. It is what it is, is the past. But remember when they drafted Jackson Carmen and we were like Creed Humphrey, who's in a lot of people's top 10 rookie list was there available, ready, day one starter and 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 they took a project and you know that it is what it is it's the past we'll do anything about it now but it just it makes you wonder it makes you wonder but yes i agree going into the 2021 draft or 2022 draft wow 2022 draft um yeah interior line will definitely be a need if if they don't give deontay smith a chance because i think he could actually be pretty good if they actually gave him a chance yeah, so Jackson Carmen and Samaj P. Ryan both land on the COVID list this week. So if they can't play on Sunday, it'll be Chris Evans as the backup running back, and Deontay Smith will start at right guard on Sunday, which it's the Lions. It really shouldn't be a big deal. And this should, on paper, this is a game that the Bengals should win by two scores because I get that the is. Lions are better than their 0-5 record. Their defense is, gosh darn, horrendous. Yeah, and also I, I I took some notes here. Their leading receiver is a running back. It is DeAndre Swift it's running back? Yeah. So Hawkinson and, um, and Cephas might be out on Sunday. Yeah. Um, well, I see out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, dear God, man. Oh, I, and um, Romeo Aquara, their best defensive player, is out for the season. And Jeffrey Okuda, their best corner, is out for the season. We could go on and on and on and on and on. See, here's the thing, though. The more we go on and on about this, and we'll talk about this in a minute, the more the more we go on and on about this, the more I feel less confident about this game. Oh, this is a game. My So my mom, who doesn't watch a whole lot of football, but I think she listens to this, and maybe she'll be listening to it uh, on, the, on her flight back from Minneapolis tomorrow. But um, – she texted me on Sunday. She's like, tough loss. And I'm like, yeah, tough loss. And I, I had texted my dad. I said, why'd you do this to me after the game? Um, <laughs> but she said, who do they play next week? I said, the Lions. And she goes, oh, that should be an easy win. And I said, I am, I said, the operative word in that phrase is should be an easy win. <laughs> and then I go, they will lose. Yeah. Because this is a game where the Bengals, and we've said this, we said this about Jacksonville we said this about the Bears game. Uh, so they're one and one in games that they should win. Um, so we'll see what happens on Sunday. But I wanted to switch to the defense for just a second because I want to talk about two things on defense, or three things, actually. First, uh, Trey Waynes goes back on the IR. 
Um, and so when I said that there was another position on defense they might address in the draft next year, that position would be cornerback because there's no way you can justify paying him that much money next year, is there? No, absolutely not. And uh, it helps that you found find a guy in Awuzie who is playing really, really, really well. He left that game for a little bit with the concussion protocol, came back out. He he played really well. Had a couple of TFLs, tackles for loss on some screen plays. He looked nice. Like, and I realized Devontae Adams had over 200 yards. But they played a lot of zone. Um, it wasn't really on one person. There was a lot of uh, talking about DBs in the game. A lot of miscommunication in the back end. On yeah, yeah, I was I was very perplexed. I don't know if that's Jesse Miss Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I was very perplexed by how many miscommunications they looked to have on the back end. But to your point, Shadobi Awuje, when he was in the game, Devontae Adams had 10 targets, six catches, 89 yards. That's pretty damn good against the number one receiver, arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Point number one. Point number two, for the life of me, well, and this ties in with the Trey Wayne's question. I just, I oh, wanted yeah. to talk about Wayne's I know you're going to say. Okay. If you're going to pay that guy $16 million a year, and I get that he seized up on that last play of the game, he better damn well be able to cover at least to a sufficient level. I mean, he just looks lost out there. So you're the capologist of this podcast. So maybe you've run the numbers on this already, but on Twitter, it seems like everybody is saying they can get out of this contract with minimal dead money at the end of this year. So please, if you're the Bengals, do something smart. You've got, I understand he doesn't control this, but he clearly can't stay healthy. So you gotta, you, you gotta get rid of him. Yeah, you have to, there's just, there's, there's just nothing like, there's nothing he does well enough to, to, to kind of give you the assumption that we'll continue to play better. Because everything so far, there's nothing to indicate that he's going to play better. Um, and to your kind of you know, the cap hit and all that stuff, uh, next year's next year's cap hit is $16 million. So that's 16 mils. So. Yeah, they got to get rid of them. Um, and then the third thing I wanted to bring up on defense was um, it seems like, and this is not a good thing, it seems like the whole weight of putting pressure on the quarterback is going on one man's shoulders right now. And that man's name would be Trey Hendrickson. He had a great game on Sunday, two sacks. Um, it seems like we might have a problem, uh, on the defensive line. Now, Khaled Kareem was activated off the IR today. So maybe that brings a little bit of help, but you know, that's what happens when you don't really devote resources to adding depth at edge rusher. Uh, and, and they didn't really have resources to, to devote, but this seems like a problem. 
that we're having an edge rusher already, and it's week six. Yeah, but we knew that going in. We knew that when once Joseph Osai went down, we really weren't going to have any pressure. And I'm not saying Joseph Osai was going to come in and be, I mean, to be honest, even an above average NFL pass rusher, but what he showed in preseason was pretty promising. Um, and, you know, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be in competition for a playoff spot, you can't have one guy. You can't have one guy put pressure on the quarterback because they'll double team him, they'll chip him, and then you're screwed. Because and I get it, Khalid Kareem's coming back, but what has he really done in his NFL career to get me excited about him coming back? Because he hasn't, he hasn't really done anything that, that excites me. So, but yes, Trey Hendrickson is all alone on that D line all alone and pass rushing at least. Yeah. It's, it's not good, but um, I'm wearing a hat right now. And those of you listening, can't see that. I'm going to adopt my cap because Lou Anarumo did a great job Sunday. Um, if he had, if he had a healthy corner on that uh, last third and 18 that they threw to set up the game winning field goal uh, instead of Trey Wayne's, I think that, that pass gets batted down and the Bengals get the ball back. So he did a, he, I wouldn't say he did a great job because I don't know what he was doing sometimes with Devonte Adams coverage, especially putting on Devonte Adams. Let me repeat that. Eli Apple. Okay. Eli Apple can cover Amon Ray St. Brown. Eli Apple can cover uh, James Prochet. Eli Apple ain't covering Devontae Adams. Let's just put that out there. Um, I don't I really, I, to, to be fair, I don't, I don't know of anybody that can really cover Devontae Adams, but it, it'd be, I mean, it, they're basically the equivalent, I mean, of you or me trying to guard Devontae Adams. Um, I think we could probably do about the same amount of job. He might get a little more separation on us, but it's going to be just as embarrassing. So, yeah. So, you know, but that's what you have to deal with when, when Trey Waynes can't stay healthy. So, um, but with that, Sunday is in the past. We're looking forward to this Sunday against the Detroit Lions, who, as I said, 0-5 this year have lost in some really heartbreaking uh, fashions. 66-yard uh, field goal against the Ravens. This past week was probably more heartbreaking than that because they go up 17 to 16 with 35 seconds left and they give up a game winning 54 yard field goal to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this Lions team doesn't present a whole lot of challenges from a schematic standpoint. In fact, schematically, I would say they are absolutely atrocious and their roster has a dearth of talent, but if the Bengals don't bring their lunch pail on Sunday, they're going to get their butt kicked because one thing the Lions do well is absolutely come after you for 60 minutes. And they've got a really solid offensive line, even with Frank Rag now they're starting center out because Taylor Decker is coming back this week. So they have Decker and Panay Sewell uh, as their tackles. And Jared Goff is, is, has played well. He just has no weapons. DeAndre Swift is somebody that could cause a lot of problems for the Bengals defensively, but, and this is the key on Sunday for me, and then I'll toss it over to you. The Bengals offense, this is the game we need to see it because they got nobody on defense. They've got, they got 
and I hope nobody listens to this that's from this area. They got some, uh, actually, I'm not going to say that because that's rude. And, and I, I'm trying to be nice this week. They got some low level division six Ohio high school football players on their defense. Uh, and I realize it's the NFL, but these guys stink. And, and the last thing I'll say is Anthony Lynn is calling their plays on offense. If you cannot be Anthony Lynn calling play, you, you fold the franchise. Hey, um, I understand what you just said, but um, I agree with you with this one point. They'll be biting kneecaps off. They're, they bite kneecaps off for 60. Well, to be fair, they don't bite any kneecaps off the first 40 minutes because they stink every first half of every game. They stink, other than the Packers game. Yeah. Um, and then they always somehow just keep scratching, biting kneecaps off on the way to the end of the games, and then they just lose by a field goal. But – I think the Bengals will come this week. And I think that on paper, their offense is too good to get beat by Jared Goff. This is a game that the Andy Dalton Bengals would lose convincingly. Like I'm talking 24 to 10. The Andy Dalton Bengals lose this game. You cannot. Okay. Let's, let's reset. If you're Zach Taylor, and we've heard this spiel for two and a half years now that once I get my guys in this locker room, then we go. Okay, this is a game where you go. This should not even be a game. Okay, you look at the good teams that Detroit has played, and I consider that to be Green Bay and um, Green Bay. Green Bay, I don't think Baltimore is good, by the way. Green Bay dusted them, and Green Bay's defense – the Bengals defense is going to be the Bengals and the Bears defenses are the best defenses the Lions are going to face this year and the Lions didn't do piddly diddly against the Bears because I had them plus three I know didn't do anything um Dan Campbell I I I respect Dan Campbell because if if I were manly enough to play in the NFL I want to play for Dan Dan Campbell wouldn't want to play for the Lions, but um, there is no God's darn way in hell that you can lose to a team whose coach just cried in a post-game press conference. <laughs> Wait, not only not only cried, but brother, it's it's week five. It's week five. He is the he's the HGH version of Urban without the off the field distractions. I mean, this dude. To be fair, if you're on that many, if you're if you're on that much HGH, um, you're gonna get emotional sometimes. It is what it is. You drink ten bangs before before one p.m. You're you're gonna get a little emotional after the game. The dude cried after they lost to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> At least have it be someone worth a shit. Like if you lost on a, <laughs> if you lost to like, if you lost Kirk, to like your cousins, if you lost to like the Cardinals or like the Rams or the Cowboys, then I could see you crying. You lost to the unvax, you lost to the anti-vaxer, and Mike Zimmer. 
<laughs> Get over yourself. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. It, no, I, I would. No, I would have respected him crying after that Ravens game after yeah, the sixty. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, the Ravens game was. Now, to be fair, absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, to be fair. If I would lose – now, Greg Joseph is the Vikings kicker, and he's missed like 12 game winners in his life. Um, you know, I'd be kind of upset that the one game winner Greg Joseph has hit, if it was against me, I'd be pretty upset too. I don't think I'd be crying. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of not respect does the, does the dude not realize that he's the coach of the Detroit Lions? They've had like 70 more depressing moments than what happened on Sunday. I would argue the most depressing moment of this season is them still not paying Calvin Johnson and their owner getting booed at a ceremony. They've had two Hall of Famers just up and retire in the middle of their primes because they didn't want to play for the franchise. Okay. And we're, and we're, and we're going to cry over a loss. To and we're crying Kirk. over losing a week five game when we're already 0-4. To the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, get a grip. Now, that being said, if Dan Campbell and Zach Taylor wrestled, I think Dan Campbell might kill him. Yeah. Honestly, I'm being dead serious when I say this. I think Dan Campbell could wrestle. If he's on enough painkillers, because he's a little older now, he he could wrestle anybody in the NFL, and I'd give him a shot. Okay, Dan Campbell against Mike Rabel would be awesome. Oh, my God. That'd be pay-per-view. Uh, trying to think of anybody else that would be – Hold on. Do you think we could, do you think we could uh, mention Dana White enough to try to get that to go down at the next uh, UFC? It would event? be pretty awesome. I think that would be awesome. Uh, so, Dan Campbell against him. Uh, I would have said Dan Campbell against John Gruden, but I think that's not think that's just, allowed yeah. to be yeah. said anymore. How about uh, – <laughs> How about how about uh, Dan Campbell versus Pete Carroll? Oh, that'd be that'd be okay. I feel like Mike Tomlin's like secretly like really ripped and like really strong. So Dan yeah. Campbell against Mike Tomlin, I feel like would be a really good one. Um, I don't think there's really anybody else. I you know I I can't think of anybody else that would actually like you know stand a chance. Maybe maybe Brian Flores. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. That that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Or Robert Sala, I think, would also be pretty good. Cliff but, Kingsbury, you giving you giving you giving you giving the frat Cliff Kingsbury a chance or no? No, 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 no. Kingsbury against Stefanski for the who's more handsome trophy. Um, <laughs> but Dan Campbell would kill Zach Taylor um, in a wrestling match. So I hope that doesn't happen on Sunday. But no. That, would, that would be the only phase of the game where the Lions would win is in that, or they should win. Um, really, to be to be fair, the only thing on paper that the Lions are better at than the Bengals is their coaching staff would kick the shit out of the Bengals' coaching staff. That's the only thing on paper that the, that the Lions have against the Bengals. But they're what better. else do they have? They well, if you go look at their I tell you, Anthony uh, Lynn ain't kicking well. I he might. Anthony Lynn got in a car accident, so I don't think he would participate in a wrestling match. Go look at the Lions coaching staff. Um, they might need to get in there and start playing. If people, I know there's, there, 
hey, their GM would kill our GM in a wrestling match. Oh, that's well, right, because we don't have one. Well, I, I well our uh, active GM um, is a – I'm not going to say senile because he's still there mentally, but Actually, he's an old man. Speaking of him, what about Martha Ford against Mike Brown? I think Martha stands a chance. I think if you get her right after her her getting humiliated in front of all of their fans, she's angry enough to beat the hell out of Mike Brown. <laughs> I think it could happen. Oh, we've really deteriorated. Um, but to sum that all up, this is a game that, unless it devolves into a wrestling match, the Bengals should win. Um, <laughs> they are minus three and a half, and the Sharps – it looks like the Sharps are all over the Detroit Lions, which is not a good indication for our boys. Um, but let's see here. Uh, Brother, tickets are $32. I asked if you wanted to go. So I'm go- I'll am go if you want to go. Would we come back on Sunday night? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, God, dude. We'll dude. talk about this off air. Yeah. $32. I mean, come on, man. That's just bound for the Bengals to lose. If the away team's tickets are $32, it's over. But, um, hey, how do we do in our, how do we do in our picks? I sucked again, but I did well overall, but I took that bait on the Chiefs and. Dude, the bait, that was crazy. The bait, that was bait. The Chiefs suck. Okay. They suck. Um, all right, let's do some predictions because we have just wholly deteriorated. Um, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. Like, There's it, not much to talk about because the Lions stink. And it's going to be the same thing when they play the Jets because the Jets stink even more. The only, the only intriguing part about the, the Lions is Dan Campbell. That's the only fun part about the Lions. If they had any other coach, they would be – insufferable to root for. I root for every week. Like, I want the Lions to win, not this week. Okay, so this is a take that I – or not even a take. This is a uh, a position I've held for a long time. Cincinnati and Detroit are the exact same. The Bengals and the Lions are the exact same. Yeah. Equally uh, depressing. Equally bad ownership. Equally poor postseason success. Do the uh, Lombardi trophies? Do the uh, do the Lions have do the Lions have an elementary lunchroom cart as their uh, press conference table? I do know they have an indoor practice facility. Well, they have an indoor stadium. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hate Mike Brown. Anyway, uh, predictions. What do you? All right, go first. (laughs) All right. The lunch cart. The lunch cart meme has entered the. as the Bengals Twitter is doing memes about it now, like the, the verified Bengals Twitter. We got to get verified press passes just so that we can take pictures with the cart. We got we got to get press passes. Um, <laughs> Bengals minus three and a half, over under 47 and a half. Uh, looks like everybody should play on Sunday, save Trey Waynes, who's out again. Thank, um, thank God. And it doesn't, you know, we're recording this Wednesday. What do we know? I wouldn't expect that Jackson Carmen or Samaje P. Ride plays on Sunday, which the way he played last week, not necessarily a bad thing for Jackson Carmen to miss this week. Give me your prediction. All right, so I'm going to go Bengals, Bengals cover, and I'm going to go the under. That's my prediction. 
So, so, so what are you telling me? Like 24 to 13? Oh, sorry. You want, uh, sorry, score. Um, I'll go, I'll go 24, 13. Okay. So I think you're, I want to say you're my, you might be three and two on predictions this year. Uh, I don't keep track of our records on these things. Um, I think I am three and two as well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because I pick the Bengals every week. Oh, you have? Yeah, I have, yeah. Oh, then maybe I'm two and three because I didn't pick them last week. Yeah. I didn't pick them against – I'm two and three because I didn't pick them against yeah. Minnesota. and I. Yeah. But I picked against them uh, with the Bears. Um, yeah. I <laughs> I have to do this. No, no, not the – come on. Yeah. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. I think that the Lions are going to get their first win on Sunday. Um, and I think they're going to do it. And I think it's going to be 28 to 26. Lions. You think the Detroit Lions are going to score 28 points in a football game? No, I don't think that they are, which is exactly why I think that they will. Okay. All right. You know, that makes sense. No, I understand. That makes sense. I I am just – I know that we have Joe Burrow. I know that we're better now. I'm just not ready to get heartbroken again. So well, I'm going to the- pick the loss, and I am going to be surprised and happy when we win, and everything is going to be right in the world if we win. But um... – yeah, I'm going to be salty about this Green Bay loss for a really long time. And that's just me. Um, I predicted them to lose, and I'm still salty about it because they had got a star many chances to win. Well, here's, here's the question, dude. I'll be wrong. I, if I picked, you know, against them, I'll be wrong for Bengals win. I mean, my pride is worth l- way less. Way less. All right, screw it. Then. I'm taking the Bengals. 31-19. 31-19 Bengals. So over, you think the over is going to hit? I do think the over is going to hit because I think we might see a little uh, fatigue from the Bengals defense because they've been playing a lot of snaps. They have been. And then, and, uh, you know, something maybe we could have covered earlier instead of talking about the WWE wrestling match. Um, the, uh, the offense has not been on the field a lot lately at all. Really, not a lot of sustained drives. It's, the it's offense been pretty- spends more time sitting down on Sundays than I do, and that says a lot. <laughs> I mean, you're a bit. I mean, last Sunday I was up, but like I was standing the entire game. Well, so, I was up too, and then I was down, face down. And then, oh, and then down, down. Then I was down. Yeah. Like we almost didn't do a recap. Down. I, I was down bad, tremendously yeah, bad. And luckily, my parlay hit on Saturday, or I would have been extremely down bad. I was so down bad, I had to skip bowling league last night. I and, no. Yeah, I was really down bad. Um, but that's it. That's a prediction. 31-19 for me. Um, I, I forget what you said. But, yeah, you have 24-13. 24-13, the under's going to hit. 24-13. Um, so, that's an episode. Oh, trivia. I I – Oh, I, I I saw this today. So, the last time the Bengals played in Detroit, 
which of the following Bengals players caught their first career touchdown pass? AJ Green. Is it A, Jeremy Hill, B, Jermaine Gresham, C, Marvin Jones, or D, Tyler Eichen? Okay, I'm going to go Marvin Jones. That's incorrect. Tyler Eichen. Okay, last time, yeah, well, I remember that Calvin Johnson had a really nice catch that game over like four people in the middle of the field. I remember that like it was yesterday. But we won that game. Woo! Bengals actually do play very well against the Lions. Uh, I cannot remember a time in our lives when they lost to the Lions. Well, so you want to change your pick back then? No, 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 no. Let me look up here. Uh, Head to head here. Yeah, the Bengals have won the last three times, uh, 26 to 17 in 2017, 30 to 14 in 26. That's not right, is it? There's no way that's right. 27 to 24 in 2013 um, is what I was going to say. Yeah. So. Win streak on the line for the Bengals. Uh, chance to get back in the positive. I don't think the Ravens are going to win on Sunday. So that means the Bengals could leapfrog into first place with a win. Absolutely. And the Browns are playing the Cardinals. It's a good week. This, this is a big week. And then the Browns are on a short week next week against the Broncos and the Bengals and the Ravens next Sunday. So even if the Bengals lose on Sunday, if the Ravens also lose, next week is for first place in the AFC North. Lots of Lots of pieces are coming together. Let's just put also, it that. Yep, absolutely. And one more thing. It's kind of a little off topic. Just want to get this in. Um, I think England's going to kick our ass um, this week because, again, uh, another London game this week, Jags-Dolphins. So that, 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 that's exciting, too. Good yeah. God. I think the Queen's well, hey, going to They shouldn't have lost both wars. They lost they both should. wars, 18-12 and the Revolutionary. If they didn't want these games, they shouldn't have lost those wars. You lose to the winner, go the spoils. And for us, those spoils mean we don't have to watch Jags Dolphins at 1 o'clock. Absolutely. Thank God. Thank God. All right. We will get out of here on that note. Um, Bengals-Lions, Sunday at 1 in Detroit. Who day? Who day?